If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode 286. This is our 2024 The Century Bets Pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning. Happy New Year, guys. Morning, guys. Happy New Year. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have in-depth betting preview for the century. We've got strokes gained rankings. They are really, really good to look at. Course form statistics combined with current form stats. Plus, of course, our predictor model. All of that content, all of that data... Is completely free of charge. There's no paywall. On X, Barry is at a good talk goal. Paul is at golf betting. And I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. And of course, we want, we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name. And where you are in the review, we've got one. Now, I have to say, this is the only one we have. So, again, now that we're starting to build in 2024 towards that first major, can we have your five-star reviews both on Apple but also on Spotify? Now, this one is entitled Great Podcast, Five Stars. The best golf podcast ever. Great stats. Great banter. This bit makes me laugh a little bit. Sensible tips. I never miss an episode. Keep up the great work, guys. And that's from Steph, and he's in Northwich in Cheshire. I used to go to Northwich quite regularly. You know? I used to go to Northwich to see uh, Northwich Victoria versus Stevenage mm. Borough back in the day. Where are they now? Um, well, Stevenage, League One. <laughs> no, Northwich. I oh, I don't know. Them. Yeah, I'm going to say they must have dipped down. National League North, is it? Oh, I don't even mm. know if they're there. Have they gone bankrupt? I think they went bankrupt, potentially. Maybe. And then, guy, say thank you to to Steph in Northwich. Yeah, thank, thanks, Steph. Sorry, it's all, all all trying to get back into gear after into the flow. Uh, yeah, yeah. After after a few weeks off, yeah. Thanks, Steph. Much appreciated. Nice to nice to have your views and opinions. We'll, we'll see if we can get uh, some sensible yeah. selections out later. There may be a, maybe a few curveballs thrown in there, I guess. But and see what Barry's yeah, got. Yeah, can't, can't be exactly. Can't all be sensible. I have to be chaos, right? <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the review. That's lovely. And you sent Steve down memory lane. I'm glad he's not that <laughs> old because he'd be gone for about twenty minutes on a ramble. <laughs> I believe there used to be a salt mine there, but we won't, anyway. We're not going to go down that Northwich track any further. Right, first event of twenty twenty four. I must say. Now they've got this extended field, because this used to be, of course, winners only. I mean, we're going back a few years there. But we've got a field this week of 59 players. Now, that brings into, you know, 
when you were dealing with 31s and 32s, clearly the betting market was very, very, um, what's the word? It was short prices at the top and very, you know, there, there were a few no opers at the bottom at like 300 to 1. Now you've actually got a decent betting board to go at. 59 players. The only player that qualified and isn't attending is Rory McIlroy. Um, he will, I believe, Paul, shoot me down if I'm wrong. I think he's starting his calendar year at this new Dubai Invitational event. Would that be correct? Yeah, next week. So we've got the Dubai Invitational and then followed by the Dubai Desert Classics. So uh, mm. Rory's penciled in for both of them by the looks of it, which is good. Yes. I think the Invitational, has that got an amateur aspect to it? Yes. Um, I think he's like playing a... with his dad, effectively. It looks it looks like a sixty man field, sixty sixty men and sixty um, sixty uh, amateurs um, playing. Yes, but yeah, decent field by the looks of it. McElroy, Fleetwood, uh, both the Hoy guards, that kind of uh, that kind of affair. So it should be a good one to get our teeth into next week. So the, yeah, the DP World Tour actually starts this year a week earlier with that with that particular new event. Right. So fifty nine players this week. Now the one player we haven't got, apart from Rory McElroy. Is and it hasn't been mentioned on the PJ Tour website. Amazingly, is the defending <laughs> champion John Rahm. Now we haven't we haven't recorded a podcast uh, since John Rahm's big move to live. Uh, Barry, let's start with you. Your thoughts on the on the John Rahm move? Uh, it is what it is. He had an opportunity to go take a bunch of money. He's got his exemptions for multiple years in the majors. Five, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. At this stage, I'm just ti- like, I'm just kind of tired of it. The the whole mm. live PGA Tour split thing. It's um, I just want yeah, I'd like to see it back together. Uh, in some way, I the split's just a pain in the ass at this stage, and. The, I suppose with the golf media just having to focus on it so much, it just becomes tiresome. So the sooner they figure out something, the better. Um, I think other than Rory, Ram was the the biggest name that they could have got um, to do so. Well, like Tiger accepted, but maybe him going accelerates some sort of uh, merging or reconnection. I don't know. I, I just. I'm kind of just tired of it. It is what it is. He's off there. He's not going to make me want to watch live. Um, I just think the format's a bit wishy-washy. So, yeah, that's a very uninspired answer to it. But I think that's a symptom of having gone through this for the last, whatever, two years. Mm. I think we're, we're all a bit tired of it, perhaps. Um, let's, I, let's see what happens. I, I don't know. <laughs> Throughout the interviews, you know all the interviews they had with players over. It's just gone on forever. This is the thing. It is is tiresome. I never thought John, when he was questioned about Liv, he was always supportive of the PGA Tour, but it was never equivocal. It was never, I'm never going. It was always, well, I can respect all of the players that have gone. You know, you know, they've all gone for their own reasons. So he did. He did very much leave the door open. And it was always because there was always rumours that he he was quite good friends with Phil Mickelson because they used to play a lot when when John first came on the scene he used to play a lot of practice rounds with Phil a hell of a lot mm. Scottsdale connection blah 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 so 
And then uh, it was interesting, I thought, within 24 hours of the news coming out, there's there's Rory McIlroy going, we need to change the rules. We must have John Rahm in the European team. You know, he's, he's gone for 360. Because we've got a top quality player going to live now, we need to change the rules so that John can play for Team Europe in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So he, I kind of see I, that as well. It's I all coming together if, eventually. We I, all know that. Yeah. It's just in what format I, that looks like. I wonder if the end game, if they already know it, and these are just all the pieces um, playing out. Yeah. It just needs it needs to take time for that to happen. So maybe they all know the end resolution or a very close approximation yeah. of that. They just need to go through the the machinations of it all to get there. Yes, I think so, that was the dig in the ribs that the PGA Tour definitely needed just to keep the momentum moving forward. Oh, we've just yeah. taken John Rahm. Oh, okay. There's a long time, a long, long way before we get to the Ryder Cup for things to yeah, have yeah, yeah. been resolved. I think to pick one element of what you said, Barry, which I think is um, the crux of it, um, you, doesn't make you any more likely to, to want to watch Liv Ram going. And if that's magnified across the golfing uh, viewership across the across the world. Um, and that sentiment, um, you know, replicates itself. Then the objective of spending all the money to grab Ram um, hasn't achieved that part of it. The, the, you know, we, we're not getting thousands or millions of viewers or additional viewers on the uh, YouTube channel for for Live mm. to uh, to justify that. So I don't know. It's yeah, tiresome is. But like that, that opens a, that opens an even bigger question: is do they actually care whether Liv is successful or not? Well, it's yes. the whole the whole thing is like get get a ticket at the the global business table, and yeah, to yeah. to a certain extent, it has achieved that for the Saudis. They've got more recognition and prominence and connections to bigger businesses and. It is literally the definition of sport washing, or at least as I understand it, it has been a reasonable success for them. And three hundred million is a couple of days of profit. Yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's to it's a beef, drop to them. Yeah, that's a very good point there. Three hundred million is probably good value. Can you imagine how much it costs for that boxing um, event that they had three days before Christmas mm. when they had Joshua? And they had all of the big heavyweights over there. Yeah, Wilder, yeah. Wilder. I mean, there's, there's probably 125 million just for those two combined. Mm. So actually, John Rahm for five five years, yeah, for 300 million. Yeah, it's, it's relatively good value. Yeah, That's and the there's, no way, there's no way he gets all of that money if, the let's say, everything washes out and the, the two entities merge together into one tour again in a year and a half's time, he'll get pro rata. So it's, it's mm. that's mm. an end game amount of money if he goes all the way. So it's the, the, the investment right now is almost minimal when you think about the effect or the impact that they want to have with it. Yeah. Anyway, we've, we've got dragged down an awful rabbit hole. I think I'm partially responsible for him. <laughs> Well, my, I thought I needed t- to mention it because we didn't do we didn't do the Christmas show that I promised. We couldn't be bothered, mm. so it, I just thought it was worth mentioning John Rahm before we go into the actual um, the actual betting contest contest this week. Let's move on to the century, shall we? Let's actually start talking about uh, betting that we want to we want to get into. Right, let's talk about the course firstly. The plantation course at Kapalua. 
It's on uh, Maui, island of, in Hawaii. Next week we move to uh, Honolulu for the Sony Open. It's a Court and Crenshaw design. It's a 1991 original. It had a 2019 renovation, which has materially changed the course. I didn't think it would, but it has. It's just meant, basically, that the greens are easier and that the scoring is lower. Um, I categorise this event as coastal. I mean, it's not actually at sea level. It's far, it's up above the sea, but you can. For it's just panoramic panoramic views of the Pacific. It's a resort scoring golf course. I don't think you're going to see anything. It's going to be twenty five under and lower winning this mm. week. It's. Yeah. All, and this is this one's a bit strange. It's a long golf course because it is. It's 7,596 yards, but it doesn't play as a long golf course because a lot of these holes are plunging down big hills. This is it. It's a very undulating golf course. Now, I, I always used to say that this course and, of course, Augusta National were the two courses that we get on the tour each year with the biggest undulations, the biggest you know, contours and changes in terms of that kind of angle. We've now, of course, had the one uh, at the end of last year they played in Mexico. That was a very similar kind of course, where it was uphill, down dale, big, wide, huge fairways. This course is very similar to where they played that WWT Championship. Now, that was bedecked. Uh, El Cardinal was all Paspalum. This is all Bermuda grass. So, celebration Bermuda grass, rough and fairways. The greens are Tiff Eagle. Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. They are massive, 8,722 square feet. So, basically, it's just driver away. It really, it's also a par 73. It's the only par 73 on the tour. It's got a 36 37 par split. It's quirky as hell. 11 par fours. Four par fives and only three par threes. But there are eight 425 yard and below par fours in distance. And this is it. And it was noted by John Rahm. He basically said, and, and I don't think it's just a John Rahm thing or a bomber thing. He said, look, most players here, it's just get the driver out and it's a wedge fest on a lot of these holes. Mm. So, yeah, the scoring is there. Um it's just available. The only defence of this golf course is wind, and we're not seeing a lot in the forecast on Windfinder. It's pretty much, I would suggest, exactly what we saw 12 months ago. So 15 to 20 miles an hour winds Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it looks like, I mean, it's early doors. We're only recording this Tuesday morning in the UK. Um, it looks like Sunday is really going to be lights out with even lower winds, probably sub 10 miles an hour. So people shooting 61s and 62s very much in play on Sunday, potentially. And that sort of, that was interesting what we saw 12 months ago with John Rahm. Um, Colin Morikawa went into Sunday six-shot lead and didn't convert. Rahm shot, I think, a 62. Yeah, 62 or 63. So 63, 63 it was, 63, 10 under. So, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. It's basically bombs away, um... Driving accuracy, negligible. If you are missing fairways, you could be tumbling down towards cliffs and all manner of um, <laughs> all manner of stuff to right-hand side a lot of these holes because there is, there is a, a stretch that runs kind of parallel with 
the uh, the sort of the coast. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's not overly onerous. It is a difficult walk though. Um, there's I think it's six hundred feet or something of elevation change. Mm. The cat is always moaning. They're not moaning though if they're bagging sort of uh, a percentage of <laughs> one point eight million or whatever the winners' prize will be yeah, this week. Tough gig. Right, let's talk about bookmakers. This is where we're at now. Kudos to three bookmakers. They are offering eight places each way of 50 odds at the century across a short 59-man field. Those three bookmakers are Bet365, Betfred, and Boyle Sports. Now, Boyle Sports are offering it as a default market. Betfred are offering it as an extended market. And, of course, Bet365, as they do are offering it as their each-way extra market. So that's available to increase, or you can even decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the Century Outright Market. Now, I've used their Bet365's eight-place each-way a 50-odds market on three of my four selections this week. And right now, they are offering extended market best odds and eight places each-way on market leaders such as, right, Patrick Cantley. Right now, I can back him 14 to 1, eight places each way with Bet365. He's only 11 to 1 with Bet Fred in their eight places market. Now, I had a very good look at Jason Day this week. He's 45 to 1 with Bet365. He's only 33 to 1 with Bet Fred in their eight places each way market. Eric Cole, I mean, if you want a hot player, hot form, Eric Cole's your man, 60 to 1. With Bet365, eight places each way. He's only 40 to 1 with Bet Fred. That is incredible. And Cam Davis is another one I like the look of this week. 66 to 1 for the big hitting Australian. He's only 45 to 1 with Bet Fred in their eight places each way market. That's incredible. So 66 to 1, eight places with 365, 45 to 1 with Bet Fred, eight places. Boosts for 365 this week. Victor Hovland, 8 to 1 to 9 to 1. We've also got Tommy Fleetwood, 28 to 1 to 33 to 1. We recommend Bet365. If you are 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account, you can find details of their current Bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in, the po- in this podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code Paul first time for 2024. What is the bonus code that they need? Well, thankfully, it hasn't changed. Otherwise, you could have stumped me there. It's Sport30, S-P-O-R-T-3-0. Sport30 when registering. Right, trends. When you look at the strokes gain trends for this, and this goes all the way back to 2016 now, uh, so Spieth through to John Rahm last year. A little bit... What When I look at this, I look at where that particular week the champions fell in their individual skill set categories. So Strokes gained off the tee fourth in the field. This is the weird one. Strokes gained on approach tenth in the field. Strokes gained around the green eighth. Now, I can't find another golf course where... The positions for strokes gained around the green are stronger than for strokes gained approach. Mm. Strokes gained tee to green third and strokes gained putting fourth. If I look at the traditional statistics, you know, the old driving, accuracy, distance, greens in reg, blah, 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 blah. The ones that really shout are greens in regulation eighth in the field, scrambling ninth, 
high again. You need a short game here. Putting average, third. That's crazy. So I'm going all the way back to Jeff Ogilvy in 2010. He shot 22 under that week. The winning player's average across all of those 14 renewals is third for putts per GIR. You've got to have a hot putter. And that gives me hope, chaps. That gives me hope that people that are niggling away at 6-1 to one on Scotty Scheffler might not get the victory this week. Listen to these stats as well. These are strokes, gain, stats, putting for the last four or five winners. I'm not including Justin Thomas because the year he won was a 14-under winning total, which told you, yeah. and it's true, it was blowing 35 to 40 miles an hour virtually yeah. every day. So it was actually really tough. Right, John Rahm last year, 606 Strokes gained with the putter. Cam Smith, 6.47. Harris English, 6.84. Xander in 2019. This was before the changes to the greens. 5.36. Now, I could go and find the last time that Scotty Scheffler found over five and a half strokes with the putter. And I can guarantee you it's quite a long while ago. That gives me hope that Scotty Scheffler could be beaten this week. Mm. And what no you tend to get here, what you tend to get here, let me I'll just get this point out, Paul, and then you crack on with with that. It tends to be favourite wins this or someone deeper in the odds. So seven to one favourite Ram last year. We've had a Justin Thomas win in twenty twenty, eleven to two. Dustin Johnson fifteen to two, Jordan Spieth five to one, and then, and then apart from those, you're getting fourteen to one Dustin Johnson, fourteen to one Zach Johnson, twenty two to one Patrick Weed, twenty two to one JT, twenty two to one Xander, twenty eight to one Cam Smith, thirty three to one Harris English. So we could. It, it shouts either Ram. It shouts. It's not going to be Ram. It shouts. It's either going to be Scheffler or Hovland that wins this, or someone that fourteen to thirty to or twenty eight to one thirty to one mark wins it. Over to you guys. Yeah. No. I. I, I think if the overriding point of this, and Yanu needs to look at the winning scores from. The last few years, as you say, accepting the uh, the kind of freak result that was there for the JT win, uh, mm. you've got to have a hot putter. And yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm with you in that respect. You know, you, Scotty Scheffler's oh, he won the Hero. He's you know, in some great form overall. If you look at his uh, his performances, particularly the kind of mid to latter end of last year. Um, you know the underlying form there is there, but the putter still isn't quite right. I think he was a little bit better at the hero from what I kind of eyeballed, but can you see him getting to 25, 28, 30 under to win this? That's an awful lot of putts that have got to drop, and there's no guarantee with Scotty that that is going to happen. You know, for a guy that's been already backed into 11 to 2, um, and uh, I suspect there's going to be even more blue on his name this, you know, as we go through today, the day today on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's... he won the hero in early December, and he gained zero point eight across seventy two holes with the putter. Yeah, and he won that 
by three shots from our friend of the podcast, Sepp Straka. He's got to win this. That putter needs to be far hotter. Mm. I mean, that that's a relative improvement because I'm just. Looking oh yeah, at his, it is. Yeah, his, his previous his previous five outings were all negative strokes gained. Yeah, putting. yeah, yeah. So it is a step forward, but yeah, I, you know, go, going back to those numbers you read through earlier, he needs to be improving that by what five or six strokes gained over the course of the, uh, the course of the four days. Last year, his best putting performance was 4.16, and that was at the Phoenix Open, which he won. No other putting performance yeah. was anywhere near the levels that it needs to be this week. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, I'm, I'm, I'm counting up one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, five seriously negative strokes gained gain putting performances going back to the Scottish Open in July. Mm. On the PGA Tour, have you um, have you seen any correlation in grass types versus good bad putting performances for Scotty? Is there any <laughs> anything in there? I have, and we we've mentioned this a lot a lot of times. <laughs> this Scotty Scheffler is a Bermuda grass green monster. Only one of his PGA Tour victories has been on anything bar Bermuda grass, and that was bent grass at Augusta. And as we know, the whole of that course is bedecked in Bermuda, apart from the putting surfaces, and they've got a Bermuda base below them as well. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, he. I mean, this is his putting best best putting surface for sure. Whether he can squeak this out and win in a playoff or by one shot with a sort of two point something gained, because um, clearly, and we all saw the stats from last year, his strokes gained tee to green numbers were the best ever seen, apart from Tiger Woods. Yep. Yeah. Mm. over multiple seasons for Tiger so whether he can win this with a barely positive strokes game putting metric we, we will find out but to me it encouraged me to actually go deeper in the betting market not that we as a team need that encouragement we, we tend to we tend to gravitate away from 5 to 1 favourites don't we or 11 to 2 go on Barry isn't that the hardest thing I find? Well, the hardest thing I find about this tournament is, as a human being, it's difficult to know where you're at just coming off Christmas. And so, how how do you figure out? Like, it's a bit of potluck. It feels to to pick guys to to go well this week more so than maybe any other week of the year because it's just that funkiness of the you know early January, just coming off Christmas. You don't know whether people have had good, bad Christmases, busy, quiet how that's impacted them, have they been able to pick up the clubs, does that work or not work for them? It's it's just it's a little bit um it's a little bit of a roulette wheel whether your guy goes well or not this week. Yeah. Yeah, and then you you occasionally hear of uh, players who've been out in Hawaii uh, you know for a few days before you know, flew out flew mm. over a week early to get some early practice in and uh, you know often those little tidbits of information will only come out as we uh, get into the week which uh, doesn't really help us on a, a Monday or a Tuesday morning but uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's how it is. Here here's an angle that might help you Barry. 13 of the last 15 winners here all played competitive golf in December. Be that in Australia or at Tiger's Hero World Challenge 
and or at that shootout that they have in Florida. Used to be the QBE or Shark shootout. Mm. I think it was something Grant Thornton shootout. And it was this year, it was mixed, wasn't it? Uh, Girls and boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason Day won that just out of curiosity. There was a list of decent players in there. I think Corey Connors finished second potentially. That was I watched a bit of that. It was good fun to watch. Well, this is it. It's competitive golf, and it was only about three weeks ago. So there's an angle there. That's the angle mm. I'm taking. You know, Patrick Cantlay would suit this event. We know with Patrick Cantlay, he he can go super super low. But actually, he hasn't played competitive golf since the Ryder Cup. So that to me is just mm. a, a you know a line through the name. There are ways of managing the field down, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Who knows? They, a lot of these golfers, especially ones with kids, they, you know, might have they have they're probably likely to have less op- opportunity to practice than the younger sorts who don't have those responsibilities. Saying that, John Rahm won this last year, and he's clearly got kids, so yeah, yeah. it's all swings and roundabouts, really. I've gone for four this week, chaps. Anything else before we move on to our selections, or you happy where we're at? No, go for it. I don't think there's much else to talk about the course. Um, I have gone for friend of the podcast, Max Homer. Now, I chose him at 14 to 1. I, I only took six each way with William Hill. Uh, he was 12 to 1 with Bet365. I think he still is. Two and a half points each way on Max Homer. We know with Max, he... I mean, if I'm looking at Max Homer at the same price point as Ludwig Aberg this week, which I kind of am. Now, Ludwig's amazing. I genuinely think there's something here about winners needing at least a run around this golf course because it is super, super quirky. Also, a lot of uneven lies. Yeah? That's something that a lot of players, like a Bryson DeChambeau, for example, don't get on with. When, hence why he tends to struggle at Augusta. And he, you look at his record here, DeChambeau, it's not great. You get a lot of uneven lies here. I just think a lot of players need a run round here. Homer, just slowly but surely getting to know this golf course. He was third here last year. 25th, 15th, third, three visits to this golf course. We know he loves the West Coast swing. Four of his six wins on the West Coast swing. So what I mean by West Coast swing for new listeners, events that they play in California, events that they play in Nevada, events that they play in Arizona. Now, technically, it's it runs up to the end of or the end of January, early February, and they disappear off to Florida. But I include stuff in there like TPC Summerlin, where they play the Shriners, for example, in the in the autumn. So just basically, you know, that geographical location over on, in the west coast of America. Homer just loves it out there. Four of his six wins: two at Silverado, one at Torrey Pines, one at Riviera. When I look at players here and where they tend to play well, I mean, John Rahm's a prime example, isn't he? He's already won at Riviera Country Club. He won there last year. And he's clearly won his first ever PGA Tour event at Torrey Pines. Well, Max Homer ticks both of those boxes. And I and I, I take this, and we, we discussed this at the end of last year, because we were all slapping our forehead when he won the Ned Bank. 
And you said, Barry, well, it was so obvious because he took so much out of that Ryder Cup in Rome mm. where he was the top American point scorer and he was the joint top point scorer across the whole competition with Hovland and Tyrrell Hatton. And I think that's the kind of thing that mentally gives a player a huge boost. Where do you reckon he is in the world, chaps? Have a guess. Where do you think Max Homer ranks Max. in the world right now? Seven, Six, probably. seven. That's pretty mad, isn't it, for Max Homer? Mm. And it's been that gradual, it's just layers, isn't it? Layers, month on month, year on year, where he's really got his head around the fact, you know, I can compete with the best players in the world. Oh, he's, he's so right I, up there. I think Homer, Homer's a good bet this week at 14 to 1. Can't, well, I've one, one question about him. Can, can he go super low? I mean, I, when he gets going, he's just he's phenomenal. But does that merge into like super low scoring events? Seems like his happy wheelhouse seems to be a little bit more mid mid scoring. Agreed. Like difficult scoring. Couldn't disagree with you at all. And that's why we've always said he's a great old style classical golf course player, which he is, yeah. Hence why he should do so much better in majors, but it's been that it's been mm. that do I belong mental approach with Homer. And I think slowly he's getting there. Well he will start to compete in majors. But the only thing I will say is Homer, he shot 23 under here last year. So, yeah, I get that. He actually started last year 70-70, and then he was shot 63-66 across the weekend. Mm. So, clearly can get on with that course. But, yeah, I agree. Mm. I don't think he's the ultimate. You would always take, on a level playing field, I would always take, say, a Patrick Cantlay at the same price as a Max Homer on a, on a 27 under birdie fest. But this... Last year's performance kind of suggests to me that Homer can really get on with this course and can shoot that sort of 26, 27 that he might need. And that same kind of goes for Colin Morikawa. I'm, I'm going with him as well at 14 to 1. I mean, does it does that need much explanation? He, he's just, he's finished 7th here, 7th, 5th and 2nd. There's definitely also something here, and this goes with Homer as well. If you look at the, um, if you look at the form of winners of this, I mean, take John Rahm last year. Eighth at the Hero World Challenge Tigers Tournament. He'd won the DP World Tour Championship. Harris English came here after winning that shark shootout in Florida. Justin Thomas won here four years ago. He had a fifth at the World uh, Challenge. 17th at the Zozo. He'd won the CJ Cup in the fall. So you're getting a lot of players here. Even Xander, 8th at the World Challenge, 16th at the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai. He'd won the HSBC WGC event. So you get a lot of winners in autumn that come here and win this as well. So that takes me to that takes me to Colin Morikawa, who clearly won his first PGA Tour event for two years, or two plus years, at the Zozo in Japan back in October. 7th, 7th, 5th, 2nd here last year. As I said, he, he he entered that with a six-shot lead going into Sunday. Loves this golf course. The thing with Morikara is he's such a strong driver. Yes, he's not the longest, but he's better than average and he is arrow straight. So he just finds himself in such great positions on the fairway just to attack it. And he does seem to putt quite positively here. I think when you look at our strokes gain rankings, Paul, I think he's 14th in the field for strokes yeah. gain putting on this golf course. Yeah. Seems to get on with the greens. 
Yeah, so those are my two at the top. I've got Morikara at 14s. I've got Homer at 14s. Yeah, well, Where are you I'm guys your... chiming in price-wise? I'm, I'm, I'm with you and Morikawa, Steve. And, you, you are? Know, I looked at, um, you know, we opened it briefly at 16s yesterday. Um, I didn't manage to get 16s, by the way. I got 14s, but um, <laughs> that, was, that was soon chopped. But for a lot of the reasons that you talked about, I mean, I, he should have won here 12, 12 months ago. That that much is fact. Um, I was on John Rahm 12 months ago and I'd given up. You know, the, you got the time difference with us over here and uh, Hawaii. And um, by that point, Morikawa's clear and um, you know, I'm thinking, well, Rahm's, you know, he's gone. There's, there's no chance he's winning this. Off to bed, wake up Monday morning and um, you see this uh, this massive turnaround that's happened on the, uh, you know, in the in the final round, which was fantastic to see from a betting perspective. Um, it wouldn't have been fantastic to see from a Colin Morikawa perspective, but um, as you said, he enjoys the course. If you look at those um, strokes gained stats, um Putting, yes, he's a little bit further down, but third in this field for strokes gain off the tee, fifth for strokes gain tee to green, seventh for strokes gain approach, third for strokes gain total from his 16 rounds here. So he really does enjoy this particular track. And I think the key with Colin is that we've started to see a little bit of a spark with a putter. He was, you only get traditional stats from the Zozo, but he was second for putts per greens in regulation at the Zozo. And mm. um, I know you, you've plucked some of the stats out from the, the hero as well. And he, he putted well there as well, didn't he, for seventh place overall, I think. Yeah, he gained, uh, where was he? He gained over a stroke per round with a putter. He was mm. he was almost 4.25 strokes gained putting across the 72 holes at, uh, at the hero world challenge. Yeah. And those again, they're Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Green, so exactly the same putting surface as here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At no, Albany, there's um, there's certainly some positive signs with the flat stick there. He's been putting a lot of work in with his uh, his putting coach Stephen Sweeney, who's uh, you know, it looks like they're they're starting to reap some dividends from the work they're putting in. So for me, Morikawa standout each way bet this week, um, around about the fourteen to one mark. So. He's the only one I've taken at the bottom end. I've got one who's in three figures, but uh, let's let's see what Barry's got towards the bottom or top, rather. <laughs> Which is yeah, the bottom is usually where I kind of start. Um, I'm I'm bouncing a few names around my head and kind of tending to settle towards one. Um, I'm not. Sh- yeah, I don't know about if I'll join you on the max thing. I, I'm not. Sh- I might need to temper myself from just backing him every week this year because I don't think that's a very profitable strategy, even though it's fun to be on board. Um, I'm kind of just thinking speed, Fowler, um, Straka, <laughs> Cole. They're all popping into my head. Um, all the listeners just chuckled. They knew that Straka was coming on the list. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I did have a good look at Straka. He, he, you know, as and, we know, he he can shoot incredibly low totals, and that that's kind of I, I think um, I think I might end up sort of gravitating towards Spieth and Straka uh, as just you know two bets there. Um, I've one long one who I'm following you on Steve, um, which we can get into later, and I might just hold it somewhere around there and just see what happens after round one, see who's actually woken up after Christmas. 
rather yeah. than firing firing all uh, you know firing everything out before the event kicks off so yeah. i know just just I mean one of the rationales for speed he in your eight week tracker he is number one on strokes gained approach which yeah. uh, i really like going into this event um for context Straka's is not great there he's 19th in that and fowler is 11th so I think yes, yeah, Spe- speed speed is kind of the, the 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 top of those pick those players or that pool of players for my bet. I put a link in for to uh, the strokes gained rankings that Paul builds, and I'll put it in the podcast description, listeners. Ricky Fowler sits atop that. Twelve rounds that we've measured around here since 2016. He ranks third for tee to green, first for around the green, and first for strokes gain total. And what price is he? What can you see this week on? I was it twenty eight? I think or twenty eights and thirties. 30, 35 on three six five. Unless that's changed since I fired up the page a while ago. Yeah, thirty five eight places each way on Ricky Fowler. Far worse bets than that. That's tempting as well. Eight places tra- each way for Ricky. Here's trying to hold back. So, I mean, he, he clearly thrives on this golf course. But because he had a quiet end to the year, didn't he? And Pete, I'm not sure about Ricky. But actually, I think he he played the he played the shark shootout, as I call, call it, the Grant Thornton. I think he finished mm. in the top five or six. Yeah. So he's got that December, and he played the World Challenge as well. So he's been playing a lot of golf. That late November, early December. So I think Fowler at thirty-five to one's a cracking bet. It's, it might, it might, it might get dragged me in. I mean, he was interesting because he had that very hot spell in the middle of last year. But you know, the, you're always going to have a slight cooling off period, and maybe that's going to start to come back around. But the, the game has turned a corner, obviously. So it's it's can he kind of. Hit the you know now he's kind of hit hit a new plateau. Can he hit mm. the the afterburners and and go from there and go get a win or two this year? I think Fowler's a cracking bet. Um, I don't think he wins it though. I think he could certainly be a very close contender though. I think theoretically, the the the, the two mid price players that I had a mental fight with my own conscience about were. Matt Fitzpatrick, who I think theoretically this course suits beautifully. Now we're talking about around the green, good putter. And actually, Fitzpatrick on the quiet was in second place going into Sunday last year here on his course debut. So I think Fitzpatrick's a very interesting look. But in the end, I went for Tom Kim who was fifth here on course debut last year. And we know with Tom, Paul was on him at the Open Championship, I believe, when he finished second yeah. at Hoylake. And I know it's difficult to equate, you know, the Irish Sea coast near Liverpool to Maui <laughs> and the kind of mountainous terrain that you find here. And also he's got, I think he's got two top six finishes at the Scottish Open, the Renaissance. Yeah. He's clearly on the quiet. Well, he plays good golf everywhere, but he can play. I mean, he, he plays great golf in the desert, doesn't he? A two-time winner of the Shriners. But this is the point. The Shriners, Birdie Fest, a place where if you can get your approaches correct, 
you know, you can shoot some seriously low scores. And we know with Tom, his uh, approach play is his asset. It's just whether the putter works. And I just get the feeling with Tom, he, he got that win in the, in the uh, Shriners in uh, late October. He then came across to the DP World Tour Championship, finished top 15 on a golf course, which to me, Paul, shoot me down. I don't think the earth course is ever going to be a Tom Kim kind of positive, because it really is flat out driving on a lot of those yeah, holes. Yeah, yeah, it's long, yeah. And Tom isn't Tom isn't your three hundred and thirty yard guy. He's he's three hundred but straight. Mm. And I think the Earth course just punishes a lack of length. Ultimately, yeah. This course isn't that. I know it's long, but you've got these huge undulations. And you know, on his first attempt, fifth. I just I just fancy Tom Kim, so I I, I backed him one and a half points each way. The full I managed to squeak twenty five to one the full eight places with bet three six five. He's twenty two to one now. I just I think Tom Kim could be that kind of guy that just pops up, wins in October and then wins this to start twenty twenty four. But yes, I love Fitzpatrick. I also do like that Ricky Fowler shout. Just with that course knowledge. Well, all of his performances are before the changes. Ricky's, albeit very good ones, sixth, fifth, fourth, fifth. Mm. Well, he's, he's such a perennial winner, Barry. He, he struggled to get to the winners only tournament quite. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with Ricky as well, we all know that he's going to win. He'll probably win one, I don't know, in, in the summer again at 12 to 1 after he's, fin- you know, six consecutive top 10 finishes. He's so, he's so predictable, it's frightening. I have... Paul, you've got 100 to 1 shot, have you? Big big prize? Yeah, yeah. the only other one I've backed, um, which is Matt Wallace. 150. I thought 150 to wow. 1 about Matt Wallace was disrespectful. And it, it does vary based on where you... Uh, which bookie you're using? Um, 150s out there with uh, three bookies I can see right now, although you're taking the standard five and five and a quarter to get that um if you want the extended mm. places i think you're looking 180 to one kind of bracket anyway 150 to one i'll take that with uh, a few places because if we want someone who's been active late into the year and also someone who's been seeing the ball find the uh the bottom of the cup then the matt, matt wallace is your man i backed him at the dp world tour championship the last event of the old season on the dp world tour and um, you remember, he shot 60 on the Saturday. He birded every single hole in the back nine that day. Um, made all sorts of, broke all sorts of records. Um, fantastic effort that day. Couldn't quite finish it off on the Sunday. Uh, thankfully, Nikolai Hoygaard, who who'd back, I'd backed as well, did manage to find his way through. But uh, Wallace finished second in the end. And um, I think, you know, c- coming into this week, with that confidence still from the performance and you know a good improvement from his, his the state of his game at the back end of the of the season as well, I think he'll come into this and uh, I think he can give it a good go. Um, there've been signs that the putter had been warming. Um, prior to that, in third third for strokes game putting at the Shriners, he was third um, for strokes game putting at that 
um, effort at the earth course and again on Bermuda grass greens. So um, camp up the surface. He won the Corrales last year. Um, that got him into this event. That's another long, similar kind of length to this coastal course. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a correlation there. Um, 150 to one. I'm just uh, there's just an absolute no-brainer for me to give that an each way whirl for the week. See how he goes. It's a big price, isn't it? Mm. I know you're only getting. He's he's 80 to one with Bet 365 in their eight place market. Yeah, right? this is, is yeah. that's skinny. Yes. Yeah, with a the differential there, I've just got to take the the you know the, the fewer places and just uh, hold my nose and see if he can get into the top five. Barry, I know you've backed the same player that I'm on at triple digits. I'll let you into a little secret, listeners, right now. Now, this goes against everything I said at the top of the show, but there was you know, clearly I was scanning through all of the different bookmakers this morning very early. There was one player that Bet Fred had an outstanding eight places each way price on. Now, I'm on Eric Van Royen at 110 to 1. Right now, I'm seeing Bet Fred eight places each way. 50 odds 150 to one you're going to top up aren't you dollar cost averaging <laughs> i am going to top up i already have done <laughs> a little couple of quid each way eric van royen is an interesting player this week he sits currently bearing in mind it's i know it's early but these players think about this stuff in the president's cup he's sitting 21st in the international squads rankings, below the likes of Tristan Lawrence, Rio Hisatsuni, and KH Lee. But you're not telling me that he hasn't got his sights on a top 12 spot. I mean, top 12 at the moment is Adam Hadwin in 12th, Nick Taylor in 13th. And I don't think at the top of their games that there's a lot of difference between a Nick Taylor and a Eric Van Royen. He's got a chance, I think, if he plays some consistent golf this year to get into that President's Cup squad. And these are the kind of things that motivate him. And we um, um, just motivate players in general. We mentioned earlier, El Cardinal, where they played the WWT Championship, was all about 70-yard wide fairways and uphill, downhill layout with big greens and Eric Van Royen took that out, that emotional win, when he shot 60... I'll get there. 63 in the final round, a 9-under 63, to beat Matt Kuchar and Camillo Vijegas by two shots. He shot a 9-under 63. His total for that week was 27-under par. Mm. Yeah. He then went home. He had a little twirl around at the Alfred Dunhill. I think it was top 30. I think he's 32nd or something. He was 15th yeah. at halfway. I think Eric Van Royen coming here freewheeling, playing some amazing golf. You mentioned with Jordan Spieth, uh, Barry. Van Royen's approach play this fall has been very, very good. If he can just make a few putts this week, he's got course experience. I think he finished 25th or something like that. On his debut. Yeah, 25th here. He was 15th after 36 holes. He then finished 20th the week after at the Sony Open. I always do like that correlation as well. Sony Open, we've had multiple winners here that have won both Sony and Century. 
So, yeah, I just think that Eric Van Royen at anything over 100 to 1 was a good price point. And, you know, you think, you th- listeners, you know, uh, 100 to 1 in this field, what's that going to do? Ryan Palmer, Matt Jones, JJ Spawn, last three years here have all finished in the full each way places at 100 to 1, 150 to 1, and 100 to 1, respectively. Tom Hoagie last year, 80 to 1, finished third. So a big priced player, that could be a Matt Wallace, that could be an Eric Van Rooyen, it could be someone else, will get into the mixer this week. you just got to pick the right one. What are your thoughts on Eric, Barry? What, 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 what tilted you to him to follow in? Uh, <clears throat> well, obviously there's some good, good underlying form there. I like the width of the fairways. Um, mm. I think he's had time to digest that win he had christmas and um, you know sadly to process the the passing of his friend uh yeah. and, and he went you know he's um he's just got that ability to go bonkers low on scoring if it just mm-hmm. if he just gets on a run he just seems to to roll downhill um so yeah that that merged with a very tempting price is uh you know come right into my scope yeah. So EVR for me, Tom Kim, Colin Morikawa, Max Homer. Do you want to summarise yours, Paul? Uh, yeah, Morikawa and Matt Wallace for me, just the two. Barry? I'm, uh, yeah, Speed, Speed and um, Van Royen, and then a decision to make, I'll probably add Ricky. And maybe leave. I don't know. And Ricky Straka. I'm not sure. I'm kind of a bit caught. I don't want to be launching too many bets too soon, but it feels like I might end up doing that. Yeah. <laughs> FOMO Hazard is again, real. Hazard a guess, boys. Sep Straka in the world rankings. Where do you reckon? Ooh. Even I was like, oh my god, twenty three third. You're both wrong, and you're wrong in you're wrong in the oh my god kind of way. He's 18th in the Is world set striker right now. He's above Jason Day, Tony Finau, Sam Burns, Cam Young, Ricky Fowler. That's mad. Well, there's a few players well, there that had, yeah, well, he's been playing very well. But there's a few players there that had a like Tony Finau had a stinker of a 2023. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, after a decent end to 2022. I think that's us, chaps. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, boys. Best of luck to the listeners. Please drop us a five-star review on Apple. Just press the five-star button on Spotify. That'd be fantastic. Give me or give us a follow on X. And, of course, this content is all available also on the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel. Uh, enjoy the golf, boys, and we will be back next week for the Sony Open in Hawaii and also the Dubai Invitational. See you again soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf